in the great words of all those Visco girls in that one trending video. Any oop, any oop? I still don't know what that is. <laughs> so, you know the meme? The meme of Jasmine Masters going, and I oop? Well, that ended up becoming. No, I know. I don't know what a Visco girl is. A Visco girl is. So, Visco is an app uh, that I personally actually use. It's a um, photo sharing app. It's kind of like, think of it like Twitter, but not Twitter. Think of it like uh, Instagram, except more chic. Um, and a lot of people that have used that use that, but they also uh, make fun of people who use that because it's usually people that make posts like live, laugh, love and are serious about it. So they went and made so a... Young huh? girls? Huh? So to young girls. Is it young girls? No, it can be young girls. It's like early 20s kind of thing. So another way we make a mockery out of femininity. Noted. <laughs> Precisely. I see it as strength because I am a visco girl. Whether people like to know it or not, I that it is true. I I actually used to use visco like all coming huh? out. Maybe what? Is you coming out as a visco girl? Unfortunately, yes. Um, because I don't think I made it quite clear before. But now, wow. I know. Well, it's a beautiful thing, like being able to be out and proud about who you are. Be who you are for your pride. I have strong feelings against having pride. Really? Don't have any pride. Be ashamed. <laughs> be ashamed of who you are. You know what shame brings? silence pride brings volume <laughs> shame brings silence. and i feel like as a collective we should all just be a little more quiet <laughs> ah, absolutely not um anyway <laughs> that was definitely a joke everyone i have no feelings against pride har har he he no because when you ever said that one time i think we it was when we were actually recording you had brought up how like um you no, it was after recording. You had said something along the lines of how um you you make jokes like this, but no one really gets that you're joking. And your your yeah, your friend has to be like, Yeah, um I I promise you that she is exactly joking. That's, that's just how she is. I think everyone should love who they are and be proud of themselves. Fair enough. I had to say that legally. Anyway. Moving forward. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Tea and Thoughts. My name's Adia. I'm one half of this podcast, and I'm fully giving myself a manicure right now. I love that. Um, my name is Hazel. I'm also one half of this podcast, but I'm fully thirsty and in need of. You're a not allowed to get a drink of water. No. Not no. water specifically, but anything else. No like. drinks. You know what they used to say to me is drink your spit. After all you put me through. <laughs> they said that where? After all you put me through, do that. 
I think I had a really aggressive teacher one time when a kid was like, can I go to the water fountain? Do this? She was like, drink your spit. And I was like, but I was being, I don't know, seven or eight. I'm thinking about this kid spitting into a cup until it's enough for it to be like a beverage. And I was like, that's actually really gross. But she could just said no. Like it didn't have to, it didn't have to go that far. <laughs> oh, DLI. Girl, get up. <laughs> This girl knocks me out every chance she gets, okay? She never has to use her fist. <laughs> it's, it's her words that knock me down. We are uh, 300 miles apart. What else can I use? <laughs> it's not sharp wit and intellect. What else do I have in my arsenal? I just, I can't. <laughs> Woo. Anyway. So on to our main segment, what's the sip? Today we're talking about perfectionism and how we should respect our flaws. So Hazel, I'm going to ask you the very first question. Define perfectionism in your own words. So perfectionism is the idea or belief or the work ethic of wanting to make sure that everything is pristine, um, and looks good and it's organized properly and it, it's like perfectionism is like not willing to accept anything below perfect like when it comes to work ethic when it comes to life or whatever have you you know that's what they kind of have the mentality on if you're a perfectionist um so that's what i believe the definition is to be but what about you I agree that that's pretty much what it is, like not wanting to accept or, or even like recognize anything that isn't perfect tends to come with a lot of control. I almost said control issues. I mean, control issues is probably the appropriate phrase, but the perfectionist in question is likely someone who has a very clear vision and very narrow definition of what they consider to be perfect and want to make everything in their life reflect this ideal unrealistic vision of perfection that they have for themselves i would say just being a black woman and existing as a black woman a lot of the times a lot of people i know who have perfectionist tendencies and have issues with perfectionism are black women because our behaviors our bodies and a lot of other aspects of our identities are highly policed and the only way to sometimes feel respected and taken seriously is to be this perfectionist type of machine. And I definitely fall victim to that trap every day, every day, every hour, to be honest. So there's definitely that. What do you think comes with being a perfectionist? And do you think that uh, being a perfectionist is ideal or? Anxiety attacks, anxiety attacks come with being a perfectionist completely because you're always so stressed out about everything coming out a very specific way this perfect way that we recognize that I've never met a perfectionist who didn't recognize that being a perfectionist wasn't realistic or healthy myself included that does not stop me from trying to make things perfect at all in fact I'm just like, 
because I'm also a scientist, I'm like, let's test the theory. Is it actually impossible for something to be perfect? I don't think so. I don't think so. So I push back on it all the time because it's my nature. It's also like a coping mechanism for me. Of course, if I, if things are perfect, then they won't be bad and that everyone can enjoy them. And then I won't get scrutinized, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. So it's all just a defense mechanism for the realities of life and not will, not being able to accept that life isn't going to be perfect and work the way that you want it to and trying to force it to is definitely one of those things. So I would not say that it's ideal because we do recognize that it's unrealistic and unhealthy, but I will say that it gets rewarded a lot of the time because perfectionists are often people that you want on your team. Someone who's willing to work until they, you know, perish in making sure that everything turns out the way exactly the the vision that's described or this perfect way or this pristine way so I found oftentimes in middle high school and even in college people would be excited to work in a group with me because they knew I was a perfectionist and that I would put in the hard hours to make sure that something turned out perfect even if it meant that I had sacrificed more of my time and energy to get to that outcome so it's not ideal but it definitely is rewarded a lot yeah and I kind of have to agree with the same thing right I mean like for me I do have tendencies of being a perfectionist and that's actually kept me from being able to succeed because even the job that I had before um, I was very much trying to be a perfectionist with doing things like in a specific way or whatever have you and like literally without fail every time my boss would always have to sit there and be like girl you know that we don't have to be perfectionists here it's kind of our downfall if we do have that mentality and so being a perfectionist you know it can get it it is a big a big ball of anxiety as you said because it's like without the function of being a perfectionist things just feel like they're going to the wayside and you're just like what is happening but like you're you feel like you have to be the one in control of the chaos um and trying to do it in a controlled way that benefits everyone but um if you're anything like me as a perfectionist with adhd um the thing that gets rough about that is that when you throw the adhd part of it it's like a ever and never-ending cycle with um, wanting to be a perfectionist but then having adhd and having it humble you in ways or your perfectionism humble your perfectionism in ways that you just never thought you'd have to deal with and you do because of that so it's kind of funny because I resonate with what you're saying as well oh yeah absolutely and I'm thinking about the time because you mentioned how it didn't really serve you sometimes I when I was around 15 got diagnosed with cyclic vomiting syndrome because the stress that I endured (laughs) trying to be a perfectionist would have me have these extended episodes of just vomiting and not being able to keep anything down but because I was a 15 year old teenage girl the assumption was that I was having an ED and I was like I don't I don't have an ED I just am not eating because I don't want to throw up because I can't help throwing up all the time and it's because I was experiencing so much stress and panic attacks and all those other things that came with being a perfectionist and staying up I like I think I woke up around 5.30 a.m. for high school and went to bed at between 11 and 2, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. So as a teenager, I was getting three to six hours of sleep 
regularly and then I would work into the night so I was just doing a lot and it was having a huge toll on my body but I was constantly rewarded for it with awards and uh, just accolades. like positive yeah accolades and positive attention from the people that mattered in my life which were mostly like my teachers and other adults like I didn't really care what my peers thought about me but like the people who because I was like you know what good work is you're the adult in the situation and I would always be praised for it and then I would have these random times every couple months where I'm in the hospital because I'm severely dehydrated and I'm attached to these IVs because the perfectionism just got so bad and no one ever addressed the perfectionism perfectionism as part of the reason why i was so sick that's so crazy so you mean to tell me that being a perfectionist can make you sick it made me sick i mean i still have issues like that like if i'm in highly stressful like extended periods where there's a lot of stress i lose my appetite immediately and i start getting nauseous i'm sorry about that friend i was actually 10 years did not 10 years 10 years i've had this for 10 years and i'll probably have it for the rest of my life oh boy because i was gonna gonna stop though Hmm? no i said i'm gonna stop though no you're ridiculous no No. No, because (laughs) i know what triggers it i I was also gonna ask like why is perfectionism bad like can it ever be good but like you literally just gave an entire case study just now Yes. For why that could be cosas malas, bad things. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know we were bringing other languages to the table today. <laughs> Just a let little. Me dust, let me go dust off my three months of Japanese lessons for this occasion. But <laughs> yeah, obviously, there are cases where perfectionism can be bad. My entire life is a clear case study for that. And like I said, I'm not letting it go. But what I mean by that is before everyone's just like, oh, she didn't learn her lesson. You're right. But also the triggers are high stress environments, which means moderate stress environments. I can survive. So all I have to do is take it from high stress to moderate stress. And then be like, this is normal. I can do this. It's and- <laughs> like you're teetering on the edge of something. <laughs> like, I feel you're on the precipice of something, but then I'm also like, no. <laughs> no, oh, it's a horrible idea. I Well, one thing I have done very clearly is like minimize my workload when it comes to things because of other psychological conditions that I have. It's also hard for me to tell when something's stressful. It genuinely is. That's the reason why Crazy. I got so bad is because I didn't know I was stressed out because it didn't affect me emotionally i didn't feel overwhelmed i was like this is just my schedule it was all normal to me this is just my schedule i only sleep three to six hours a night because the only way i can get my stuff done is to sleep three to six hours a night i wasn't fighting it i was like okay this is it this is it this is it and everything became so normalized i didn't know i was stressed out my body did that's why i was throwing up so vigorously because if i knew that i was stressed out then i would have been acting stressed out but i physically no i emotionally and socially didn't act stressed out. That's why no adult around me noticed that I was stressed out. And then my body said, <laughs> for like three to six days at a time. And that's the only way I would know that I was stressed out is because of that condition. So in some ways now it's teaching me to slow down because the minute I start feeling a little nauseous, the minute my appetite is just like, Mm-mm, complete 
completely out the window, then that's when I've noticed that I'm doing too much and I have to slow down. But I still want perfect results. So I'll just like get to them a day later. So the answer is yes, perfectionism can be bad. Um, (laughs) But it's almost always bad. Almost always. Being detail oriented and being a perfectionist are not synonymous. Let that be known to the people because sometimes there's people out here that, ooh, they'd be thinking the same thing and I'd be like, baby. Yeah, there are certain details that are worth paying attention to and others that just aren't worth a lot of your mental and emotional energy. And a savvy detail-oriented person is able to know that and get quality results without having to necessarily claim being a perfectionist, which is why I'm trying to like transition to, but I'm a student. Perfectionists as students are like the standard as a professional student, excuse me. So with all of uh, my medical history being spewed (laughs) into the microphone, can you explain a time where your perfectionism came through and what did you learn? You did talk a little bit about how your perfectionist tendencies were kind of discouraged at a job. So when was being a perfectionist something that actually like helped you out? Um, at that same job, ironically enough, <laughs> like it was them telling me I could be a perfectionist, and then like when it mattered to be one, they were thankful that I was, and I was like, um, okay. Anyway, <laughs> but um, I feel like with my work right as a perfectionist i i've had many an instance though where at work where where my perfectionism did come through and it wasn't to serve the greater community because sometimes i'm the type of person that operates from a place of being okay with working on their own and doing their own thing as opposed to realizing that what i'm doing affects a bigger picture so like if i have to like group like, like if I had to like put a group of like people that I was like, say, for example, if I was doing something and essentially we're assi- an assigned group that needs to take care of each other at the work environment. Um, my perfectionism would oftentimes lead to other issues that would be the detriment of my coworkers. And I had to learn that it's okay to not know everything and to ask for help when you need it as opposed to assuming things because like for me with my perfectionism again with my ADHD like I mentioned before I could always have the intention to want to be a perfectionist but the ADHD sits there to humble me down and say hey let's just let let's make it like Jenga where (laughs) you're building a sturdy sturdy tower and my ADHD is like the random like the random urges you have to like take out block by block to see if it'll still stand. That is my ADHD. <laughs> and having it fall down or not, we won't know until we get there. And so that's the kind of ex- experience it's been for me with my perfectionism. Because no matter how hard I try to be a perfectionist, my ADHD always will come through as well. And what it's kind of taught me is that I got to stop trying to be something that I'm not. I got to just work within my means, work within my capabilities and know that I'm making the right call 
at the end of the day. And if I don't, honing up to the fact that I don't. So what you described more as like you, there was a point in your life where you wanted to be more so of a perfectionist. Like you wanted to be a perfectionist more than you actually were. Correct. So you performed as you thought a perfectionist would perform or do a certain task because you wanted to be a perfectionist, even though you aren't. Very that. My my ADHD would be like, oh, no, honey. We're nothing like that. We're nothing of the sort. So, <laughs> she said, "You would have thought you, you thought would have wrong, thought. bitch. You, you guessed thought it. wrong. <laughs> what my ADHD? You said. were wrong. <laughs> you were wrong. Incredibly, yeah. wrong. like it was real. But yeah, no, that that's kind of how it would always pan out. Do you think that? So for you, right? Because I can only speak for me when I say this, uh, or when I ask this." But um, how do you gradually outgrow perfectionism? Is that something you can do? I'm not the appropriate person to ask this question to. Because you just admitted. Not even <laughs> I, have enough, I have enough self-reflection to know that I'm not the right person to talk. Outgrow? First, I'm a child. I'm 25. Where am I growing? No, no, I'm kidding. I'm not a kid. But I, I, I don't think... I think there are some elements or some skills that I gained through my hyper perfectionism stages of life that are really helpful. Like I am a naturally inquisitive person and the perfectionist in me wants to make sure I get everything right. So I ask a lot of questions. So there's that element of it, but I don't have to ask as many questions or I can figure out what's the less ambitious version of the thing that I'm trying to do and be able to accept that. So I don't think it's a big deal to recognize that the mo- in an ideal world under ideal circumstances, this would be the most perfect product you can have and then be like, okay, so in my reality, what can I do to aspire to this, but still be able to accept and sub and submit it as a product that's still quality and worth time and all this other stuff. So those are the habits that I've been trying to implement over the past three or four years to release myself from the confinements of perfectionism because that's the thing one of the things i think that helps me i also like to be in creative spaces and do things creatively and the beauty of creativity is that there's no real there's no right answer and because i do a lot of other creative-ish things or just have a very active imagination i wasn't super rigid so i was i'm able to navigate that a little bit better i think my perfectionism mostly came from people seeing me as someone who had everything together and can do a lot of things and do a lot of things well than it did making sure the things that i did come out came out perfectly so with that being the case it's it was easier for me to shift a couple things in my behavior also for my health like throwing up incessantly is not fun and i haven't had a vomiting episode in several years now which is good but it's also something that can be (laughs) undone if i don't heed those lessons yeah it's funny that you say that too because it's like i still marvel at the fact that like like quote-unquote productivity or uh perfectionism right would have you this like to so like 
the way that it manifests, like the perfectionism or whatever it is that you do, the way that it manifests in such a way that it can really affect your body is something that really honestly boggles my mind sometimes because it's just like, it's craziness. But it's also possible uh, to showcase that in due time with the right resources and the right self-belief, um, you too can gradually grow out of perfectionism. But I think it's something that has to happen in its own time. It's something that has to be acclimated. I don't think being a perfectionist one day and then not one the next is something that is realistic. It's one of those things that you kind of have to train and it's like cognitive behavioral therapy where you kind of have to like acknowledge the thought and then when you acknowledge it, kind of let it go and let it be and not interact with the thought of being a perfectionist. But um, yeah, well, in the grand scheme of things, being a perfectionist is inefficient if you want to do multiple things with your life and multiple things with your with your time. It's not very efficient to be a perfectionist because if you're super focused on making sure that everything you do is done perfectly, you'll have A, either less time to do all those things, B, you have to limit the things that you do to make sure that they turn out perfectly, uh, or C, you'll be working on the limited things that you can do indefinitely. So you won't be able to really do a lot of other things if you're super super worried about everything you do turning out perfectly yeah and when you have deadlines for things or excuse me when you have due dates for things or when you have things that need to get done at a certain time that fixation on it being a perfect product first of all distracts you so that's a waste of time and it doesn't give you the license to take those risks because you're concerned about it not coming out perfectly. All right. So onwards to our final segment, be our guest, which is an opportunity for you all to submit a question for us to answer in relation to this topic, the topic that we're talking about, or it's something completely random. I'm a fan of chaos. So I welcome that. Uh, Hazel does too. So I'm going to ask you, Hazel, the question, since we're speaking about perfectionism, what's your idea of the perfect date? The perfect date would be a car ride with um, with your date where, like, the weather is really nice, like, where it's, like, spring or summer, where, like, you can open the window down and you can just talk or you can and like laugh and do all that. And then you get to wherever you're going, like, like say something as simple as like the beach or something and being like, wow, like we're here and just talking there, holding hands while you're watching the sunset, cuddling and stuff. Yeah. I'm very simple. And then if, um, and then if you wanted to take it further, if you guys are hungry, just go out to like um, some restaurant nearby and then um, yeah, just spend some time with each other in the car stargazing. That would be a cute little thing. You heard it here first, folks. You don't have to spend a dollar out of your own pocket <laughs> for a day with the Hazelberry. 
You know, what if the pygmies get a hold of that clip and goes, facts, that's exactly the kind of date that we want. What are you going to do? You're that- going to become their leader. I'm going to close. First of all, I'm going to close my eyes. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and second of all, I'm going to let them do what they do, but I, they don't they don't claim me. I don't claim them. It was giving. We're going to eat McDonald's in the car and talk about our future. Type <laughs> <energy>. <laughs> what if what if we were, huh? What if we were? Hmm? Perfect date. Good date. Yeah. Perfect date. I don't know. There's not in the great words of Jojo in that one song, baby, it's you. You ain't got to buy nothing. That's not what I want. Baby, it's you. That is the pick me coat of arms chant. <laughs> <laughs> I really no. I'm really the type of person that's like, I'm quality. Time. I'm so low maintenance. I'm so no. Like, do, do you know the, the love language quality <laughs> time? That is my thing. All right. Like, I don't I. I like extravagant stuff, but I also like the simplicity of just getting to know someone. Okay. You can, okay, you can make fun of me all, defend, all you want, but I'm not making fun of you. I'm not, you don't have to defend yourself. You're a simple girl. You like simple things. It's great. <laughs> it's great. What about you? We don't all have to like run towards glamour. All right, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be everybody. Then what are you? What am I? Uh-huh. Oh, I don't exist. But in general, so to answer the question, I think that for me, the perfect thing, because I'm someone who plans a lot, is I don't have to plan it. Let's start there. I don't have to plan it, and I actually like what's going on because they don't always coincide. Sometimes I'm not planning it, and then I'm there, and I'm just like, why am I here? I don't belong here. <laughs> so if I don't have to plan it, and it's filled with things that I like to do, but I also like things that are a whole day long, like spending time with people throughout several hours in different environments, indoor and outdoor. So I would like an outdoor activity, whether it's like, I don't know, lunch on a boat and <laughs> then something indoor and comfortable, but not crowded. So I hate concerts that makes me really frustrated but if it's like a local little festival or a fair i'm there i'm there also something that is fun all integrated in this one day long perfect date so we can go to the arcade or something and compete against each other but some element of not competition but just some element of activity so it could either be like roller skating or bowling or something integrated into the general essence that I would like the activity and I did not have to plan it myself, especially when it comes to picking food. I hate having to pick where to eat because I can always find something to consume wherever I go. And I'm not as super particular about a lot of things as other people are to me sometimes. So if we're both going to be able to be satisfied with what food is there, I'm down. And yeah. Sounds like somebody's going to be spending some money. Not me, though. And that's... <laughs> Good luck to whoever that is, because whoever that is, y'all be easy. But <laughs> me and Odia, one thing about us, we're going to have a good time. Okay? Yeah. I mean, I can take you out on your perfect date. 
I don't know if I can take you out on one. <laughs> but because <laughs> that would mean having a car and I do not have a car. All so. I need is a little bit of gas in my car and some scintillating conversation. I got you. <laughs> not the scintillating conversation. Girl, I cannot. Scintillating. <laughs> Titillating. Scintillating sounds so flirtatious. Okay. It does sound- <laughs> we have reached the end of the road with this. Thank you. <laughs> to and Thoughts, the podcast. Uh, you can follow us on our social medias at T Thoughts. Is that our, is that our at name? T Thoughts, thoughts pod. the podcast. T Thoughts Pod. Yeah. Are you? Let me check our Instagram. <laughs> well, by golly, Miss Molly, that is indeed our at. You can follow us on Instagram. You're so ridiculous. And Twitter at T Thoughts Pod. That's T spelled like the beverage. Thoughts spelled like the thing. And pod. Like the first half of podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Wear your seatbelts in the car. The car for the date that you're going to be on with Hazelberry. Okay, you know what? Let's all have a great rest of <laughs> it's our gonna day. be our, our next raffle. <laughs> oh my god, please. Alrighty. And that is a wrap. And that's Hi. on what? Wait, what? Okay, because it's on period.